Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mad Men Recap. My name is Paul, and I'm coming to you high atop the Brooklyn studios in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. And folks, I know last weekend we had a bit of a we had a bit of a special situation, and maybe there wasn't enough delving. But folks, this week we're gonna delve all up over you because we've got the best co-host in the business. Dr. John, how are you tonight? I'm so excited to be back. Oh my goodness, John, I can't tell you. Now, let, just to be fair, uh, doing the show with Kate last last weekend, last week, was a delight. She's a delightful lady. Um, she's she's got a she's got a great sense about her. She's hilarious, and her voice is just so sweet. But what we both did not do was uh, watch the show very closely, apparently. And, um, <clears throat> and therefore, I think left some folks wanting. And John, what they wanted for was you. Well, now let's not, let's not mount the pressure too much. If you Remember, this is going to be my first show in how many months? So Your first real show in many months, John. And many yes, months. So. The pressure is uh, it's turned up to uh, super high. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah. shake um, off the rust. I may have put things in the last episode super low. <laughs> so, folks, if you hadn't heard the show before and you just heard last week's, I uh, we're better than that, right, pal? Well, I, yeah, I agree. I think you guys did a great job. I got to listen to the show, but uh, you're right. It's just a it's a subtle difference in dynamic with uh, you know the the I guess the uh, attention to minutia that <laughs> my presence really brings. Uh, I think at one point in the show last week, I was like, nah, I don't know. It just kept going. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a long show too, which makes it extra tough, you know, because you're trying to, uh, you're really trying to cover a lot of ground. And you and know, I, we don't want these recaps to go for four and a half hours either. That's right. And I'd like to apologize for missing the last show. I definitely got caught up with, uh, unfortunately, a, a bit of doctoring. Well, so. uh, thank you for your apology. Apology accepted. Um, I'd like to accept your apology on behalf of the listeners, who I uh, might add, I think some of them are pretty irate. I saw that. Yeah. In Sorry, fact. pal. <laughs> but folks, you know what? We will, we will dawdle no more. We will jump into the episode. But first, I won't forget this time, <laughs> because I learned something. I learned three things, in fact. Let me share them with you. This episode, uh, this week, uh, season six, uh, episode two, the collaborators. If I'm if I'm reading that correctly, John. Uh, and I learned three things, and I'm really excited about it. Um, number one, Herb and Pete go together like peas and crap. I like that, that one. Was, he okay. was so slimy. Number two. <clears throat> Out of toilet paper at your pathetic quasi-bachelor pad, Bob Benson to the rescue. I like that Bob Benson guy. I'm not going to lie. He's really? charming. He's charming. I, he, he doesn't he's, rub you just the wrong just the wrong way. He's good looking. He's charming. He seems um, genuinely uh, fake nice. And I like him. I like that. He's trying hard. I like that. Number three. And this is probably the most important of the three. Make sure your fly is zipped up within a 50-mile radius of Trudy, or she will know. <laughs> that was probably the best scene in the episode. I think there was some hooting and some hollering here in, uh, here in the uh, Brooklyn studios when we saw that, uh, that part of the show. And I, I couldn't be happier uh, for Trudy to um, uh, gain her freedom from the ugly North Korea-type character that is Pete Campbell. 
a rapey beat. You know, it was, that was, and we'll get to it, of course, but that was something we've never seen. Like, we've seen her get upset, but not like that. That was fantastic. You know, I'm going to disagree with that. I think she's always been really kind of good at kind of, like, focusing in on what she needs to, like, accomplish. Yeah. She's she's a good focuser. I, I, I like Trudy. I like Trudy a lot. Trudy doesn't take no shit, man. No, and, and actually we get to start off this show with Trudy. Let's hear it. All right. So we get into, uh, we're, we're out in the, uh, we're out in the Burbs, and we're at the Campbell's residence. And where everyone's creepy? Where, well, it, apparently that's what it seems to come Everyone is as. creepy there. But Pete is, uh, Pete is playing host, probably more so Trudy, to a couple of neighbors, a couple, a couple of couples, if you will, and it's uh-huh. the end of the night. The ladies are on their way out, getting their coats from the debonair host, Mr. Campbell. <laughs> and uh, Trudy is simply uh, spouting off some of the local neighborhood information regarding who's doing what on which holidays. Uh, the guys give her some uh, kind of awkward ribbing about uh, dressing up as a bunny with a tail. I would not call that ribbing, John. I would call that obviously flirting. In like a kind of gross sexual way. Oh, but it was gross, right? I do mean, you, it wasn't. It wasn't. Dress, it hey, wasn't pleasful. Hey, pleasant. John. John. Yeah. Hey, for Easter, do you uh, do you sometimes? Uh, I don't know. Dress up as a bunny. You no. got a you got a cottontail back there. You know what I mean? See, that's just. Oh, I feel weird. You should feel weird because John, what I did right there, was what actors call acting. And I didn't even know. <laughs> But uh, but so so Pete's talking to the ladies, and they're talking about a brand new, very popular musical that is not even yet on Broadway called Hair. Fame. I'm gonna. No, nope. is that wrong one? Is wrong that one. the wrong one? Wrong one. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, sorry. Hair was hair was popular. Just for for those uh, fact uh, files out there, Hair actually didn't make it to Broadway until April of this year. So right now it's an off-Broadway show <laughs> that uh, debuted in October of '67. Okay, uh, you know, very popular kind of counterculture, anti-war, you know, free love uh, made made waves with it, with its nude scenes and it's, so forth. It's nakedness. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so uh, Brenda, one of our uh, uh, blonde bunnies, if you will, is uh, trying to score some free tickets through Pete. He says, "Why don't you make your way into the city?" He says, oh, not me. I don't know my way around town. And uh, that's where he uh, offers to throw in a hot dog. Just just awkward. Man, that was awkward as well. And, and folks, uh, just a little forba- uh, fo- uh, foreshadowing. She's a dump truck of crazy. Right? She is like a wheelbarrow. She's a line of wheelbarrows of crazy. She hides it a little bit here. But I think, you know, looking back, my God, holy crap. She's like crazy as crazy as just it's just flying out of her like a like a analogy of something. <laughs> okay. Well, and so the couples finally leave. One of the gentlemen says, "Hey, think about that pool." And Trudy's like, "Yeah." He wants us all to go skinny dipping, and Pete gets indignant, tell him to get his own damn pool. So we're we're yeah. watching this, and Kate's like, "Are they are they going to be? Sw- it's like, are they swingers?" Oh no, I didn't get that vibe at all. I kind of got that vibe a little bit. Just the way the way. That those guys were like obviously hitting on Trudy, and the way Pete was so clearly hitting on both of their wives, I'm like, wait a minute, where's the fishbowl, and how many keys are in it? Wow! I tell you what, my keys would not be in that. No, sir. Thank you. 
Um, I, I, I don't think Trudy signed up for the uh, the swinging life. No, I don't think so. But um, at the very end of this scene, that uh, Pete flips on the TV, we get the news, and this kind of sets our time frame. Uh, they're talking about the uh, the Pueblo incident, which is where a uh, ship got taken by the North Koreans, and this was right at the very end of January of 1968. So you're telling so, me North Korea has always been a problem? Well, by always, if you mean you know since the 60s, sure. Since after World War II, essentially. Well, yeah. I think we're going to stop our history lesson there. Okay, uh, thank you. <laughs> but, but yeah, so we're right at the very end of uh, January, early February of 68. Okay. And, uh, and then we just pop out of there. We leave the Campbells. We leave the Burbs. We go down uh, to Don's apartment building in the elevator. And the good Dr. Arnold Rosen is on mm. his way to work. Uh-huh. And his uh, charming wife, house robe, do-rag. Do rag? Is that what that is? Begging for some funds. I don't. I don't know. What do you call that? A head wrap? A begging, bonnet? Begging for some funds. <laughs> but uh, okay. you know, it's this is just um, somebody had asked. You know, what do you think of this whole Don and Doctor relationship? You know, it's very, um, very interesting, especially from the last episode. But here, Don just knows knows that the doctor's on his way out, so no one's yeah. at home. So he's on the way in. And I love how Don hits the button to go up. He's like, I need my cigarettes. And Dr. Rosen says, you got to stop that nonsense. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, you I have do. no idea, actually. You have no idea the nonsense I should be stopping. And uh, we see he hits the, uh, hits the button, back up to the room, and she greets him with open, open arms. Yeah, she was prepared. As it were. Um, and the next thing, we have a flashback. To where Don was a Don was a boy, maybe. What do you think he is there, like 12, 13? Um, yeah, I think that would be a, a pretty fair guess. From this image, Don really grew into his face, did he not? From from where? From where he, from this kid. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. you're right. Man, oh, man. Woo-wee. Yeah. He started out rough, and and he's got, uh, he's got one of the Three Stooges haircut. Yeah, the the bowl cut. Yes. Weird, weird. But this is just a little more insight, I guess, into Don's upbringing, if you will. We have we have had reference to Uncle Mac in mm. the past, but didn't really know that much about him. And so apparently, what has turned out is once Don's father bit it at the hoof of the horse, had his face kicked off. Pretty much, um, you know the the his mom, his stepmom rather had no means to take care of him and so it looks like they fled from the farm to her and her is abigail abigail whitman went to, to her sister and that's ernestine that's the woman that we see greeting us and uh and do you she, do you know is, anyone named ernestine is that not a popular name anymore not anymore but things change times change i bet you in williamsburg there is some hipster naming their baby ernestine right now right now right now but, uh, but so Ernestine is Abigail's sister. Ernestine is with Mac, although I didn't get the sense they were you know, married. Hmm. And, and Mac is, in fact, running a whorehouse. A brothel, if you will. All right. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of what we get. Um, he does ask uh, Don's uh, adopted mother uh, if she'll be helping out. And uh, I think that infers maybe with uh, the gentleman callers. Yeah, as that it, was as uh, it were. Yeah, awkward. that was uncomfortable. She's yeah. pregnant, man. 
Don't be a weirdo. Don't be a weirdo. I think this uh, this does this does kind of uh, maybe give us some insight on uh, Don's odd, strained, and confused relationship with women. Does it, it not? Just a little bit. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and we we go from this to his currently odd, strained, and confused relationship with women, where he man. is with the doctor's wife, uh, like fourteen feet below his own apartment. I, uh, uh, I don't understand this. So Don, Don was good about, you know, in, in his, in his earlier years of, uh, uh, philandering, he was good at keeping a good distance, right? Uh, I mean, the closest we got was the teacher. Oh man, she was a, she was a dump truck of crazy too. Uh, but, uh, uh, now we're getting a lot closer to home. It's like, it's like he, he, he's, uh, he's enjoying the danger of it all. You think that's it? I don't know. These are these are just my purely my speculations, John. Because it, it does seem like that's the that he and Pete are making the same <laughs> the same mistakes. erroneous mistake right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, uh, you so, got to get out of town. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like like Trudy says later, just be discreet. Uh huh. You know, and not only is he, you know, with somebody that is nearby, it's you know, it's with a friend, and they even uh, talk about that how you know they got dinner scheduled, and. You know, he, uh, he, the, the doctor wants to impress Don, and Megan likes Sylvia, and, you know, just how, how awkward. It's weird times. She says, you know, don't you feel weird sitting across from your wife and my husband? And he's like, well, they're both good company. I just don't think about it. <laughs> who, who wouldn't think about it? Please. Um, but he, uh, he kind of tells her, you know, this never happened. None of this ever happened. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of the the stock line he's been going with since this whole thing started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, like, we saw her asking the good doctor for money. Don steps in. Here you go. Found it in the cookie jar. Like, really? What? That's a, that looked like he gave her a lot of money, too. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Yes. Maybe, he, maybe he's just rolling with a pack of ones, but I don't think so, man. And then again with the background stuff, and you, you can hear they really crank the audio for that radio. Uh, the, the other piece that sets the time frame, the, uh, the Vietnam portion of the war called the Tet Offensive. Again, the last uh, the 30th of January was supposed to be a ceasefire, wasn't a ceasefire. Um, and this was like a, a big, big point of the war. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where we are in time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Can we go to Peggy's office now? Yeah. So we go to Peggy's office, and her uh, her uh, secretary comes in, um, wearing uh, what what Kate told me was a frosted lipstick, which I gotta admit, not a good look. No, not, that, not it, a good look. It weirded me out. I didn't really know what odd. was going on there. She's not feeling well. I thought she was covering up some kind of sore. Did she just eat some powdered donuts? Because that's what happens to me. A big bag of little donuts. Oh, the big bag of little donuts. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 you got to do this. I can't, you got me. Oh, shit. <laughs> I love that no one will know why you were laughing so hard at that. Um. <laughs> okay, come on. Gotta, okay, just go, just go. <laughs> okay. Just go. All right, so, so Phyllis comes in and says, look, look, Peggy, you were way too hard on these guys. Little encouragement. And she's like, "Look, just, just, just tell me what book you're reading, so I don't have to listen to these lectures." And um, 
some of some of the creative come in. Apparently, Mr. Mathis, Mr. Gifford, and someone else who doesn't even get named. Uh, they come in, and you can tell they're just anxious. They're on edge. They're like, so what's wrong with it? And so she tells them they're, they're working on Clarisil. And, uh, and they're like, okay, we gotta, we'll rework it. And she stops them. You know, we, we think she's going to be a little bit, you know, uh, go get them. And uh, she, she, she doesn't. I mean, she just completely fails at inspiring anything. She goes, you know, just because I have high standards, that doesn't mean I'm not happy with you. Uh, the way you are has nothing to do with the fact that the work needs more work. I mean, it just blunders all over herself. And uh, the, the guy even kind of sarcastically, you know, thanks, coach. Yeah, she did a terrible job of making anyone feel better. You know, and I think that's the, that was the thing about, about you know, this is what Don could do, is that he got good work out of people. You know, even if they're pissed, mm-hmm. he, got, he got good work out of them. Well, and, the thing is, is that that works on a certain kind of person, and I don't think it definitely does not work on everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and and you have to, you have to balance it, right? So you can be tough sometimes, but then sometimes you have to be. And Don, Don would do that, you yeah. know. And she's not doing that. She's just being a bitch all the time. Right, right. And yeah. I think you know, but she she comes across as I think intelligent enough to to get that. Uh, and hopefully that'll be something that we see mm-hmm. that she can do that. But you never know. I you mean, never do know. This may be a, a real big uh, tripping point for her. Sure. Um, and so she, you know, we see her just kind of fail to inspire and she realizes she has failed to inspire mm-hmm. and then all of us are failed to be inspired when we see pete bring a girl home oh, oh man. my gosh oh man i gotta mm-hmm. say again um maybe the worst like charm slash lines oh, ever God. be less like, smooth hey, would you like some peanuts cheese and crackers no 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 not john you got that wrong uh would you like something to eat i have peanuts or cheesy crackers which oh. means you have peanuts or Cheez-Its. That's, um... The least you could do is get the girl a bugle. Wow. Yeah. Callback. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, the the thing that, the reason, the the way you know this woman is cray-cray is the fact that she's interested in, in rapey Pete at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I, I mean, did you even get the, because, you know, she, he's asking all these things and, you know, she's de- declining everything. You know, is, is she really just there for the tickets? Is he going to, you know, kind of, um, you know, go all, all au pair on us again? All rapey on us. Right. John, you can say it. I know, we're, but I leave it to in, you. We're in company. You got it. Pete, the people um, understand us. Absolutely. But, you know, she seems a lot more willing than, say, previous uh, encounters that, that Mr. Campbell's had. And uh, you're right. I mean, there, she she... At this point, and then by the next scene, you know, completely just off the off the corner. My uh, favorite, my favorite part uh, of this scene. So they start they start making out oddly, um, and then they they turn the camera turns to look where he's leading her, mm-hmm. and the apartment is so shitty, and they have these really weird fake glass dividers, oh, the, the dividers between the yeah. bedroom. Oh my god. I, actually, somebody I think commented that this was, you know, thank, you know, finally somebody's illustrating a true New York apartment with the dividers. Fine, yeah. with the <laughs> with the color of the glass. I don't, it's the I don't know what it is. It's the most off-putting with the room like the circular, the, the circular circular patterns, patterns the and they don't weird. even make it all the way up to the top of the 
the weird uh, glass. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing. Um, I'm guessing, I mean, Pete's a, I guess he's still a junior partner. He's probably doing all right. I feel like he could spring for a little bit better apartment. It's clearly, Trudy's at least been there, right? Right. I don't know. This could this place. This place is an effing dump, folks. Gross. <laughs> you see on the on the um, on the coffee table, there's uh, some crumbs from those cheesy crackers. <laughs> that apparently, which is the only thing he eats there, and then like a, a, a some 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 of a drink left. Um, I, I don't know. I wouldn't even sit on that couch if you know what I mean, folks. Gross, yeah. gross. I'd, I'd like. I wish I could say he's oozing charm, but that's not charm. In today's in in in, in today's translation, that would those would just all be Taco Bell wrappers, <laughs> all, all over the all over the coffee table. <laughs> Listen, if you haven't tried the Doritos Locos, hey man, don't throw it, stones. That here's the thing. Amazing. I haven't, but I guarantee you, it is Locos. <laughs> I do not doubt that for a moment. Yeah, well, you know, what you don't need on tacos, but apparently you need on everything else is ketchup. And that's what we get to meet here in the next scene is... Uh... Wait, wait, hold on a second. First of all, hold on a second. Did you take a Segway class while we were on hiatus? Well, I, I audited. So. You, you what? You did what? I audited the class. I didn't uh, didn't get a formal <laughs> you grade. Audited the... Oh wait, so you just sat in? Pretty much. Oh my god, yeah, there well, weren't a lot of us. You did. But, you, uh... you you certainly learned something. Well, you know the uh, the test is one thing, but you know application in the real world is always a little more tricky. <laughs> that's um, that's when you really see if it's sunk in. <laughs> and my friend, it did. Hey. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're back in the office, back to some semblance of sanity. Uh, although not really. We have our Heinz friend, Raymond, has come back, and he brings a buddy. Yeah. L- little Timmy Tushies <laughs> comes in with his, uh, with his brilliant uh, blue suit. And I like this uh, blue suit, by the way. When Kate and I were watching it, I was like, yeah. that blue suit is actually really snappy. But I'll tell you why. You put that blue suit on a Paul Giamatti figure like I've got, and I yeah. just I look like a I look like a damn Smurf. Yeah, all you of put a sudden a, you got a all of a sudden you got a plum. You put a what? You put a blue suit on that guy who's tall, thin, and 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 good looking. Yeah, you, got, you got a good suit. But you so know you know, apparently, he, you know, he's saying that he's he's fine with his current ad agency. But you know, Raymond so impressed him and wowed him with how well he did with beans. That uh, he he had to just come and, and do an introduction. You know, he made yeah. it clear this wasn't a formal anything. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, just um, they said, "What can we do for you?" He goes, "Let me know." And uh, what, our, a our, what a turd! What a turd! Exactly. But our you know our buddy Bob Benson, who you're I a love big that fan Bob Benson. Of, I love that Bob Benson. You know, he's sitting there with notepad in hand, saying no notes. He walks the guy out, and so Timmy heads out with Bob, and Raymond stays behind and just throws like the most amazing fit ever. I mean, he just, he's, he's sitting back. He's like, I'll take that drink. He just starts going off about how if you guys get them a ham, we're done. I mean, it's a, he just. I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, it's not unusual for a client to kind of uh, uh, not necessarily freak out about somebody else, but to complain to you like this. Really? Oh, they do this, man. They do this. And it is like. I mean, not to this extent, obviously, because this guy is upset about. But oh my God, I can tell you right now, I've I've been on calls where it's just like, let's complain about my life, and I'm like, I what? 
Com- right. Who and the where? I don't care. Anyway, I just find it interesting. This has happened, is what I'm saying. I mean, it's not like it's you know um, some other bean company trying to come in and take. I mean, this is part of his own company that he can't. Oh uh, no, yeah, that's what always happens. It's always, it's always. Oh, the whole team is. Oh, the team doesn't get along. This is I, this. I'm sure. I am. Sh- I am sure. This happens on a daily basis. And I think it's pretty fun, pretty funny that you know Ken's so popular, so so like jazz. Is this the Coca Cola of condiments? <laughs> I know, and it's a tough one. But John, you know what? And I think this is a wise saying that I, we can all keep in mind. Sometimes you dance with the one who brought you. See, I don't, I don't get that because you were just talking last time that we were doing this. How like it's about business and it's about making money. And yeah, you but go with the but, bigger thing. But it's a strategy there, though, that I think you know. Uh, how is it's that a strategy? It's the same because, company. Because what you, what, I think what you want to do is seem uh, trustworthy. And that's what Don's doing. And he knows, he knows that uh, Mr. Bean's man doesn't, is not long for this world, right? And oh, okay. You and think they've he'll had, be retired soon? Yeah, he's going to retire or freak out or get fired, right? Like, right, that, right. Guy, that guy's skating on thin ice. Everybody, like, they, like when he says that he got this suicide missions for Beans... Right. That means as soon as he's now gotten beans up, they'll transfer him somewhere else. They're doing what they were doing to Lane, right? Right. They're just trans. They're just trying to get him to leave, and gotcha. Don knows that. And so yeah. you might as well just let this guy out so he doesn't have a freak out, um, and badmouth you on his way out. And that catch-up guy, he's going to be there. He'll be around. You right. Know? Yeah. He's the young guy. He'll be exactly. doing this for a while. All right. Well, that's that's great to. Great insight, my friend. Thank that you. That's, that's the kind of things I do, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm all about the long vision. You know, it's the long tail of the situation, not the short term. All right. Well, why don't you hit us with some long vision on the next scene? Okay. Where, uh, you know, Madam Crazy. Oh, my God. This scene, literally, I almost vomited. When she starts (laughs) talking about all the crazy shit she's going to do, I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. Because she's thinking of him the way she will park her car or the way she will secretly call the house. Hold on, John. John, see if you can understand my secret language. This is... my s- s- secret s- s- language. S- s- I'm seriously. I'll call once and hang up, and you'll know it's me. That's my new secret language. That is crazy. You are you are like a ship of crazy heading right toward a uh, a uh, ice a big eye piece of ice. Well, I, don't, and I think that Pete has no idea at this point. No, no, you know, no. He's no, just no, like, he oh, does. I got, a, I got the pretty no, no, little no, no. blonde girl and. You know, I don't care what she says. And as, she, as soon as she comes out of the bathroom and starts talking about that, he is like, oh, oh, shit. You thought so? Oh, I just did the dance with that crazy fox. And now I'm in trouble. So I didn't I even think, give him that much credit. I didn't think he even was no, paying attention. Because the way he ends it, and he's just like, hey, you know, you want to speed it up a minute? Come on. No, no, here's the thing. Uh, uh, he just tried to... I mean, you, you know, what's what's he going to do? Try to, you, you, you can't reason with crazy. You know what I mean? Oh, so I know. All you can try to do is keep her calm. So he's like, please don't do that. You know what I mean? Right. You are okay. Because if he upsets her, when you know she's that crazy, and then you upset her, oh, hell to pay, my friend. So all you can do, try to do is just keep her at a calm. Well, and of course we find out that didn't work. Oh, you can't keep crazy at a calm, John. No, but we, we have a, a few miles to go before Can we you there. control the sea? No. Control you, the sea. You know the sea is oh, crazy. Oh, okay, very good. Thank you, <laughs> Whitman. Um, this is uh, this is now we we get to see the maid is a spectacular failure. 
Aww. Megan calls her out on it. It's like, okay, stop ruining everything. You're fired. And it just so happens that our friend Sylvia witnesses this interchange. And uh, Somebody wrote in and said that she was dressed like an airline stewardess. I couldn't agree more. Hilarious. Who's that? I don't know. I thought I read that. Maybe I didn't. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, Megan has a mini breakdown. And uh, they decide to go back up, hang out for a little bit at the apartment. And they're going to talk about life. Megan's they're going to talk role. about Megan's show. Yeah. And uh, it was very interesting because, you know, we jump from the show to, of course, you know, this giant moment in her life where she has a miscarriage. So let me let me ask you some questions. We're just going to kind of speed through this because th- this scene seemed kind of really long and kind of hard to understand. So maybe you can help me out. Yeah. Did the, So she had a miscarriage. Right. Or did she have an abortion? She had a miscarriage. Or did she have an abortion? Oh. I because... See she seems as she. They made this really unclear, because she kind of talked about how it wasn't the right time, and I'm kind of. And then, and then when um, when when Don's when Don's new um, a good time buddy, um, kind of looks at her like, oh no, I'm not like that. You know what I mean? No, and, and actually somebody else wrote about this, and and I'll give you my take on it. Okay. I don't think there was an abortion. I do think it was a miscarriage. But the thing about um, Sylvia saying I don't get that is, you know, the whole I was raised this way, the way I took that to mean is that, you know, th- these these women were raised uh, with a certain expectation that uh, when you grow up that you meet a guy and you have children. And that's what you are to embrace and accept. And I think Sylvia was saying, you know, and this is with her child now out away at college, that that was how I looked at it. You know, I never had a concept of a career. I never had a concept of doing something other than having that kid, those children. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she does admit that she had a miscarriage after her first uh, child. Mm, I don't but know, that, man. Because it's that it was kind of my take seemed, on it. It seemed it seems like there was some unspoken stuff there. Listeners, if there's anyone out there that would like to come to my rescue on this one, I think there was kind of this underlying. Either I had an abortion and I'm really, and either I either I had a miscarriage and I'm really glad because I. Almost tried to, you know? Yeah. And I was riding horses around. Wink, oh, wink. there you go. Yeah, call back. Thank you. I watched the show. Or um, I had an abortion. And I'm just kind of calling it a miscarriage to not be, you know, graphic. I oh, don't I think, know. That's, I think that's a fascinating uh, take. I hadn't ever thought of that. So it, it could be. But to be honest, I don't think that's, I don't think that's where that, that, that's coming from. So here's the thing. This is the other part of this is the other part of the scene I absolutely love. This is this is so brilliant. So she's crying, right? And she feels awful and she even says I feel shitty. Uh, because I mean, you know, Don Don's buddy is not uh, agreeing with her kind of grief and kind of understanding. She's saying, I don't get that. And then Don comes in and who does he see? Someone he shouldn't, and the look on his face is like what have you done? Right. I will, actually, I will kill you. You know, on uh, on the little, if you get this on iTunes, they give you a little five-minute thing about yeah. each episode. And uh, the one on this one was Matt Weiner kind of talking about unwritten rules. And, you know, when you're doing certain things, what is and is not okay. And, you know, I think this is, in John's mind, you know, really crossed the line. And then we'll see later in Sylvia's mind, she she thinks that, you know, she kind of got jealous. Like mm-hmm. I thought, you guys weren't really that close anymore. So right, right, right. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. Don's, uh, you know, Don doesn't even notice that Megan's, you know, 
eyes are red from crying. Oh, no, yes, he does. Because he's I think, too busy. No, I think he totally notices that she's been crying, and that just takes it to another level of what oh, did you just tell her? I see. Like, what is going on here, and I will break you in half with my face. Like, I, it I, was crazy. Like, you can only imagine, like, oh, my God. Crazy. I think you you have to give someone like that, you know, a, a lot of credit from a composure standpoint to not just jump, yeah, you know, into what'd you say, what'd you tell, what's going on. Everything she says is a lie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, but then I love how he kind of he kind of throws it back at her at the end when he's like, "See you tomorrow," and she's like, "Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> at dinner? Hello? Oh, oh, yeah, what, yeah. What do you think yeah. I was talking about? Oh, I don't know. Uh, just doing it. I don't know. Whatever. We get to go to a little more uh, comical scene. And next, we go to uh, CGC, and Peggy's got this little bottle of deodorant. She's like, well, what is this? I didn't get the memo. Was there a note? What What is going on? And Shaw, I did this. He reads out the the he reads out the uh, specs to her. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, Quest deodorant makes you nicer if you're stinky, kills overly critical bacteria, target professional women and other Olsons. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, and she hadn't even if she, she hadn't even read it. I mean, she could have read that herself yeah, without that, going to the head of the company. But I love her response. She's like, "But they're, but they're not funny when you need it." Right. That was good. That was a, that was a cool. That was a, definitely a cool response. Yeah. And I, by the way, I really like Chaw this season. Somehow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. He's much more likable. Absolutely. He seems to be very level-headed. Uh, we'll we'll see how long that lasts. But so far. But I'll tell you, John. Sorry, just because I want to do this. I'll tell you somebody who's not likable. What's that? Herb. Oh, with the segue. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to call it out each other's segues. <laughs> that's retarded. Uh, Herb um, makes his way, slithers his... F- Let's remind everybody who Herb is. Okay, please do. Uh, I believe he's the head of the... Is it the Jaguar dealers? Yeah, I think so. And so he's, you know, he, he's come in for a meeting and he swings into... Uh, Joan's office, and she is, you know, very displeased to see Herb. Oh, I don't God. Think she, don't, I don't know. Well, clearly, she didn't know he was coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, I had no idea you'd be darkening my doorway. Uh, and hits him with, uh, I know there are parts of you you haven't seen in years. Oh, my God. And, what a uh, turd. This guy is, they make him even more terrible this season than they did last season, yeah. if that's possible. No, I, yeah, I don't know about that. But, you know, they've really minimized what Joan has done in the first two episodes. Because uh, here, she just kind of goes to Don's office, pours a big glass of booze, and, you know, does the 300-yard stare as she mm-hmm. contemplates, you know, how she got to where she is because of that guy. Right. Um, which isn't a, a pleasant memory for her. Uh, but that's it. I mean, really, we haven't seen much of Joan. I'm sure that will change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Herb comes in with a, a pretty ridiculous concept. I think everybody can agree. Hold on. I love the fact that they make him even more turdy because he's like, there's not an elevator to this floor. He's all sweating because had he had to walk up one flight of stairs. <laughs> oh, Herb. You know, oh, Herb. It, yeah, he is. He's, he's perspiring from uh, top to bottom. But he's also, uh, he, I think he's also sweating because he knows this is stupid. He's trying to convince them to take 60% of their money and put it into the local market radio. Oh. And gives them an idea. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Don't you think the old Don would have jumped on him right here? But instead, he just let Pete peep the situation. Right. And, and then they just kind of agreed to do it. Well, and it's, it's one of those things like, I mean, 
Yeah, I, you know, well, he says as much. He goes, look, why can't you handle the clients as well as you're handling me? Can I tell you my favorite part of this scene? Yep. Favorite part of this scene is on the, when, when Herb's on his way out and he, and he says to Bob Benson, it must be like being in a candy shop out here. Show me around. Bob turns around like real quick and looks at Don like, what? <laughs> Help. Did, you, did Help. you see that? Yes. Like, oh, God. Oh, it's hilarious. Best shot. But you and Herb's, Herb's not willing to make this his idea. He's telling them to bring it up, you know, with the uh, mm-hmm. with the guys. And uh, like you said, Don's not uh, not a fan. Pete's like so he's you know demanding and unreasonable. What client isn't? Uh, just just not a great vibe from the whole thing. Pete's a turd. He's a turd. He's Man, a turd. you just hate him so much. And it's amazing because those sideburns bring it out even more. Oh, it's just like it's like the evil crawling out of his ears. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, folks. Uh, so next thing we know, we are in um, in uh, Peggy's office. It's late at night, and she's talking to our good friend, Stan, who is hilarious, by the way. Because of the beard? Not only because of the beard, but how he answers the phone. <laughs> Jimmy's Condom Warehouse, where the road yeah. meets the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's so good, and they have such a great relationship. They're really buddies. Well, it's fascinating, though, when she says, you know, hey, it's everybody hates me here. She goes, you worked for me and you like me. And he's like, no, 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 I worked with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were not my boss. You know, Don was my boss. Uh-huh. And that is a big difference. That's mm. a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a huge difference, yeah. And, um, you know, so she tells him, the, the, or he tells her the brief story about, you know, Kenny brings in the guy and, and they're not getting the ketchup and uh, this kind of thing. And, and uh, Chaw walks in at the end of the conversation. She relays that story to him. Um, he kind of finds it interesting, yeah, but again, with as from a likable standpoint, he's like, "Look, make a make personal phone calls, especially if it's late at night and they're f- making you laugh. You know, anything to make you less bitchy." <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's just doing her best, man. Absolutely, but it, it's one of those things. You know, the harder you try, the worse you perform in some time, some cases. Yeah, I guess so. But, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so then we get back to uh, the home. Megan, not feeling well, not ready to go out to the Wednesday night dinner that was planned for uh, the, you know, the doctor, the missus, and the two of them. And we're guessing it's not that she doesn't feel very well. She just feels as if she made a fool of her, out of herself in front of, uh, what's her Sil- name? Sylvia. Sylvia. She feels as if she's made a fool out of herself in front of Sylvia and just can't bear to see her. So she says she's not feeling well. But John. Yep. The next scene is just amazing. So, well, it was. I just thought it was kind of fun when she goes, "Well, you you go ahead, you have fun," and, and Don's like, you know, all right, twist my arm. Ow, ow. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Do you think Don is having the service call the doctor? Oh, no, no, I don't think so. Because otherwise, yeah. there would be too many stories of him coming back. I mean, that's the thing. He doesn't have to. Yeah. You know, I mean, this that's the thing. If you lived this life, especially this time, I mean, you, you just got called all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. And even today, you know, when it's your week, you know, if you're the surgeon that's on, on call, it just doesn't stop. Oh, that's tough. You know, but now luckily a lot of groups are pretty, pretty big. So you're talking, you know, you go on call for one week and then you have like three months off. Oh, okay. You know, so that kind of thing. But That's not so bad. But uh, still, you know, it wasn't nearly like that back then. You know, you worked for yourself, and so you worked all the time. Oh, 
Nice. Um, but uh, but anyway, so he he does. He gets um, gets called away yeah. again. Um, but I'd like to move on to the next scene. Can I please do that? Oh yes. So the doorbell a ring a ding dings at the Campbell household, and who is it? But it is the craziest of all crazies. The girl or the woman, Brenda. Pete, Brenda, who Pete had a kind of an affair with at the uh, at the New York apartment, comes in in her nightgown with her nose uh, lacerated. No, and she, we hear she's busted from, up. She's busted up, and we hear from outside, "She's all yours now, Campbell." Oh man, you know it's over. You know it's over. If I was Pete Campbell, I just would have vomited all over the floor. <laughs> I just <laughs> it's a, I'm watching it right now, and I can so see that. Just like right into the blue nightgown. Just oh, my God. Projectile. Oh, oh, do you see that look? The, the look he gives Trudy when he hears that is just like, like just terror. Yeah. Because, yeah. And I'll tell you why he's so worried, John. A lot of people, are, and I think a lot of people agree with me on this. You know, um, when you look at the couch that they have... That amazing white floral couch. Yeah. You do not want to lose that in a divorce. Well, you could get it. You just take half. Well, maybe you'll get the curtains that match it, but you'll never get a couch like that again. It's a beaut, pal. It's amazing. I sometimes wish I could I could find it. I wish they'd give it. I feel like Mad Men is really good at this. I don't know how many times throughout the seasons. I, there's always like these... These items on the set that are so iconic, like just so amazing, that they keep showing them all the time because <laughs> they're just ridiculous. Like the couch and this couch is this couch is just out of control, and I love it. Anyway, so she comes in. Trudy starts. Uh, Trudy starts ice bagging her up, um, and and Pete uh, uh, Pete gets a bat as if he's as if he's gonna <laughs> do something with it. And is just totally, completely scared out of his mind. That shit's gonna go bad. Anyway, then we get to the we get to the restaurant with uh, the doctor and Sylvia. Uh, Don gets there, and like you were saying, shortly after he gets called away. Yeah, the, a bizarre little conversation about the the, the ongoings at the war, the, the Viet Cong, these small countries kicking our ass. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I, I don't I don't know what that was about. Maybe just to have some conversation about the current sure. events. Um, sure. So he goes to get his call. She goes to the powder room. He gets his drink and just kind of hanging out. But, um, you know, and, and that'll continue in just a minute. But we do flash back to Pete's house. Uh, she is less bloodied, but seems to be even more battered uh, when she takes that rag off her face. That's not a rag, pal. Is that not a steak? Oh, look at that. I think, yeah, I think they put a steak on her eye. Sure did. Yeah, just like uh, they didn't leave it to Beaver. Absolutely. Okay. But, um, uh, yo, she's looking rough. But, uh, yeah, so she, you know, she has no friends that are available that they can call. No family. You know, uh, Trudy goes to get some ice, and she's like, you know, take me into the city. I want to be with you. Oh, God. Right? And, I mean, and she's, like, flirting with him. She's trying to be, like, all... Sexy, like you're, and you're, it's, you're, you're all busted face is up. Busted. Your face is uh, busted up, and and she tries to get him to drive her there, you know, so they can have like a liaison in the hotel. 
And what this is Pete's big mistake, right? Like if he would have said right away, I'll drive you instead of I'll call a cab, he would have been able to drive her and he could have maybe avoided this for a little longer. But instead he's like, he's like, no, I'll call you a cab. And then, uh, and then she's like, oh God, no, I'll drive her. Yeah, then, I don't know. Once the the guy was like, "She's your all your problem now." I, I don't know. There was any way around it. Uh, I don't know. Trudy didn't seem so suspicious, did you think? I thought so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, how could you not be right? Right. I mean, why why would she be Campbell's problem? Well, other than he did something like that. But uh, but so we you know we get back to the dinner. Uh, unfortunately, the doctor has to head out, but he's like, "Look, you got to make sure you order a lot." I, want to have a good reputation with this restaurant um you know she gets very uh, she gets very kind of awkward and distant mm-hmm. and uh you know don's like uh okay i get it i get it you just you, you want to uh i think the quote is you want to feel shitty right up to the point i take your dress off man don really knows how to do this man i don't know i don't like what it's weird right, right. Like he just kind of comes alive in this like in this laser focus you know what i mean Right. Incredible. Incredible. Right. When he's like, you know, I want you, and if you want something else, that's news. Um, you know, they do the they do the intercutting between the meal and them back at the apartment. Oh, I thought that. So I thought that was her kind of imagining it. Oh, right. So as he's telling her this, she's kind of imagining later or the oh. scenario. You know, like she kind of she do, she wants to happen, but she doesn't want to happen. You know what I mean? And it's just making her crazier. She's just like, oh my god, yes. I, you know, I, they don't do a lot of dream sequences, but that, that's an no, interesting I don't take. Think, I wouldn't call it a dream sequence, but I just think it's just her kind of imagining what he's saying. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I thought it was more along the lines of, uh, you know, just kind of uh, offset time. Like, sequence. in a strange way, it's almost a little bit of both, right? Like, she's thinking about what's going to happen. And right. then it does. And then it does happen. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. Maybe make it and so, um, so we, we, you know, we see all this happen. She apologizes for being jealous, and uh, it's just amazing. You know, Don is Don is apparently the kind of guy that's just going to get apologies for women. It's like I'm so La- sorry. Laser focus. I, I guess it's that laser focus, John. Now you know. <laughs> well, so and, and now Pete is uh, anxiously waiting for the return of Trudy. Doesn't uh, doesn't know what to do with himself. Watching a little Johnny Carson. Finally goes to bed. Trudy comes in after he's in bed. It gives him just a, an icy stare. I am pretty sure, and I don't know because I don't know everything, but she burned a hole through his back with that glare. It could have only helped. Oh, my God. That was terrifying. Yeah, but uh, she kills the lights, says not a word. Oh, God. Uh, but before we get to this, uh, before we get to the, you know, the, <laughs> the uh, title fight there, uh, we do go back to the uh, apartment. After Don has uh, apparently finished up with uh, the good Mrs. Rosen. And uh, Megan talks to him about the miscarriage. They have a kind of a very awkward exchange about, you know, who wants what and do you want that. And it's just, nobody really says anything. No, they didn't say anything, but that's what Don does. And I don't think it was very awkward. I think it was genuine. Like, he he definitely, definitely cares about her. It's not like it was with Betty. Where it definitely was like, hey, if you shut up, I'll tell you everything's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, where I don't think I don't think that what I don't think that's the case here. I don't think he hates. I think he he genuinely disliked Betty. Yeah. But I don't think he genuinely dislikes Megan. 
I, I would agree with that. Yeah. She's not so bad. But John, then then our favorite scene comes about. Yep. Pete wakes up in the morning, tries to pretend nothing's going on, right? Yep. And, Tr- and Trudy has just finally had enough. Right? Yeah. A- and, and says, if you so much open your fly to take a leak within a 50-mile radius, what's she going to do to it? <laughs> I will destroy you. I will destroy you. That is amazing. Man, if you don't love Trudy after this scene, yeah, you, no, no, it's great. And I love how feel. I love how Pete bristles, you know, and uh, you know tries tries to land some kind of counter blow. I mean, this was about as one sided as the lane beat down. You know, Pete takes a couple of swings and still winds up flat on his back. Uh, you know, because she says, "I've never said no to you," and he's like, "What are we doing out here?" Like, wow. Okay, and and then, buddy. you know, she says, that's why you have the apartment in the city. So you can at least be discreet about it. Not boning the lady down the street, you idiot. Yeah, and then he says something to the effect if you're going to go to sleep tonight and you don't, you won't know anything for sure. Was, yeah, I don't know what that means. I, 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 that, I mean, that had nothing behind it. There that was, was nothing. The, that was stupid. I don't get it. I think she will know uh, that she's not there, that he's not there. And that sounds good. Right. Right. Oh, she can only be... It can only be a, a, a step up for her. Um, well, and here's the thing. What does she have to worry about? She comes from a rich family. Didn't they buy the house out there for them? I mean, they at least bought the apartment for them. Right. She doesn't have to worry about anything. She's fine. Plus, well, right. he's going to pay out. You know, he has to pay for the kid. Right. Well, and like you said, I mean, it's not a, not going to be a formal divorce. You know, she's just, she's just going to kind of live the uh, appearance, at least for a while. No, oh, I think she should just divorce him. Are you kidding me? She's yeah. still she's still young. She's a pretty lady. I think she'd be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And we get we'll to, go, now, Trudy. I think, is anybody not Team Trudy? Can we make t-shirts? They don't need them. Team everybody Tr- would, oh, everybody would be on. Trudy. You have to yeah. have the other team. We wouldn't sell the other side at all. No, not one. No. John, I appreciate your business sense. No problem. It's uncanny. <laughs> Well, and so I, apparently so is Chaw's business sense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he comes in, he's like, hey, I, I heard a secret that Heinz is looking around. Yeah. Peggy's like, I, I told you that. And, uh, you know, he, he really does kind of lay into her. He's like, what, you need a friend more than you need a job? Here's he's the, the thing, en- He's the enemy. You know, and everybody's going to know they're looking. We just know a couple days earlier. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think he should have framed it like that. I think he framed it wrong. But I do not think he's offsides at all. That isn't no. offsides at all. No, I agree. Not at all. And I don't know why she wasn't like, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, Sterling, Sterling Jew, Cooper, Jay Price isn't going to take it at all, so it doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, if it's, up for, it's, if it's up for pitch, it's up for pitch. Like, she doesn't even have to worry about crossing her buddy, you know? Right, right. That's stupid. But then the, I think the, the boardroom scene is great. I think this is Don's best awful sale ever. Oh my god, that was just so the way great. he's sitting and just the like the kind of the the look on his face, like oh, this is terrible, <laughs> you know. And, and he's forget the forget the radio. Let's go with the circular, like a home mailer. <laughs> that was hilarious. You know, and he's like, like yeah, we can get housewives and truck mechanics. drivers. Get yeah, truck yeah. drivers. It was it was so awesome. It, I mean, but how else were you gonna do that? You know, and I don't understand why. You know, they're already in with Jaguar, and once you're in with corporate, what do they care about this dealership guy for? He has to do whatever corporate says. Exactly. So, he, who, uh, so who cares if they step on this guy? Right. He has no sway. He has no pull. 
You know, they're well, not going mean, to they're not going to up and change the entire campaign and go to a different agency because he makes one comment. Yeah, and 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 he has to follow whatever corporate does whether he wants to or not. Yeah, he can have his opinion, but no one cares. Right. Pete, and, plus, and that's where Pete is so stupid. I love the the one shot. I mean, Roger has a very small role this episode, mm-hmm. but the one shot in the boardroom where he just kind of cracks this great uh, Cheshire grin. While yeah. He's, while he like when he realizes what Don's doing, like, and he hates Campbell like, so much. Oh yes, he's like, <laughs> "This is awesome." I feel like um, I feel like though it was a little funny when they got back in the office though, where they're talking about uh, uh, what was the analogy Don made. Well, oh, it's like saying, Munich. It's like Munich, right? And he's like, "I don't get this Munich. What's the what's going on here?" And and you know, Roger says, "If you give him too much, you know, the take yeah. it all." And Pete's like, "Well, who won?" Right. So that was a pretty good comeback. I gotta I gotta be honest. That was, but I, I don't I don't know that it really applies here. No, but then I was surprised that Don that Roger didn't because Roger said something like, "He said your options were dishonor or war. You chose dishonor. You might still get war." Yeah, exactly. And, and he said, like, my mom used to say that. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Don goes, that was Churchill. <laughs> that was really funny. That was really funny, too. Oh, man. So, John, um, if I can say, though, you're, the next scene yeah. is just the illustration of what you've been saying. That's it's like right. they just finally made that shot of, um, of Pete with, you know, a few hairs left on his head <laughs> in that corner office. Yeah. And his life is a complete shit bag no one likes him no one no one <laughs> no one like the only person willing to even talk to him voluntarily right now is bobby benson and what does he do tells him to go get him toilet paper right because wow. that's how you treat people hey man yeah if you want people to dislike you be as big of a dick as you can good and god he, he has succeeded with that man he nails that all the time the guy's hey, a he hero. doesn't have a giant pole in his office anymore, so good for him. I guess. Is he still in Crane's old office, or do you think he's got a new... Oh, and he's got a new office upstairs now. Yeah, he's, up, he's upstairs, yeah. He's so, actually right above Don, apparently. What's with that last scene of Don spying on his adopted mother and his uh, uncle, uh, apparently unwillingly kind of going at it? Well, again, you know, I think, like you said, if, if 12, 13-year-old, very impressionable person you know it's kind of learning how to interact and socialize and this is the environment that he's in that would say a lot about what he does now yeah it certainly it certainly was a, a confusing time and then the last scene is really it's really kind of odd where he he's about to go into his apartment and he just sits down on the floor against the wall yeah because i think just like when he was 13 he just doesn't know what he's doing you know, I mean, he keeps saying that he wants this to stop with the doctor's wife. You know, he keeps saying how much he cares for Megan. And, you you know, you you think, and I think a lot of people think that he seems to really care for her. And he just he just doesn't know what he's doing. As, as, uh, as suave, as put together, as charming as he comes across, I think he's, he really feels lost. Yeah, but isn't that just a cop-out? Absolutely. For bad behavior. Oh, yep. you know, I'm just a terrible person because I, I don't know, I had some tough times and I don't, and I don't know how to act. 
I mean, we come on. There, there, there are social there are social norms that are pretty clear on how you should act. Well, no? but I guess I guess that that's true. But if you see, you know, if you see your, uh, you know, your stepmother getting it on with this random guy, I mean, what does that tell you about social norms? Good point, John. As always, good God, well done. Um, if I can say the uh, the finale song, just a gigolo, I would have preferred if it was the Diamond Dave version. That's right. David Lee Roth did a version of this song as well. Are you serious? And his was way better. <laughs> Had no idea. How would how would Diamond Dave not be the clear choice for this? I don't know. Well, to be uh, to be honest, I don't know if you if you've uh, paid attention to I don't know the entire series. No, I uh, have not, John. But they actually even the closing songs are not outside the time period. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it, he's never used a song that was in the future to the the time. So if it was a '68 season, he's not going to use a song in the credits that was beyond January '68. Can I can I tell you? Um... Can I tell you how I feel about that? I don't think I can stop you. It's a cop out. There you. <laughs> when you have an option to use Diamond Dave oh, in your show, you take that option, John. It's like when someone asks you if you're God, you say yes. <laughs> you say yes. Ghostbuster reference. Uh, all right, folks. Well, that's the end of the episode. I can't believe we did it. Did it in just three minutes under an hour, but we did. Folks, don't worry. Don't take those headphones off. Don't let that end of show tear fall from your delicate eye because we have the mailbag to open. John, would you like me to open it? Oh, please. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get uh, things kicked off here with uh, our good friend of the show, Denise. Oh, who, all right. Uh, writes in that. Um, uh, so this is a little bit about the first show. Dante's Inferno, the book that started off the first show, has nine circles of hell. And uh, number one circle is limbo, and they think that Don is stuck in limbo. Things don't change for Don. He has infidelity. He has the same hair. He's got the same job. He's kind of stuck in limbo. Uh, he thinks the lighter cigarette lighter from that show turns up over and over, like his past. Um, uh, Mad Men is more thought-provoking but less entertaining uh, than it has been. Um, I don't know about that. I've been entertained. Yeah, I, I think so too. And then, yeah. uh, and and uh, she also points out that the second circle of hell is lust, and is saying that um, you know that's what she uh, saw in this episode: people lusting after the jaguars, uh, Jones' lust of power that got her in this uh, situation with Herb, uh, Peggy, and uh, going after recognition, Pete after anything with a skirt, uh, Don after being having a normal childhood, uh, Beans lust after ketchup. Well, this is uh, true. That's just clear. <laughs> and looking forward to the recap. So thank but you who, for that. Uh, who does uh, not? Denise? Who does not love to lust after ketchup, though? Maybe are, just just well, Chicagoans. But and there, there is, ketchup is amazing on scrambled eggs. I, I can't know. think of a of a of a food where ketchup is not amazing, John. I haven't tried it with rice. That's one. Well, there you go. Something to do this week. Something to do this week. Uh, we got one from our friend Mike in Omaha, Nebraska. A quick note for Paul and Kay, there's definitely not a thing where soldiers trade lighters for any reason. I think the whole point there was that uh, the, the private represented a lot of aspects of Don when he was Dick Whitman and headed to war. And the fact that he can't seem to get rid of the lighter emphasizes how Don can't get rid of Dick Whitman no matter how hard he tries. And for this episode, could you have Dr. John explain a little bit about the, the dynamic between 
uh, Don and Dr. Rosen seems to admire him, but also has affection for Sylvia uh, more so than any previous mistress. Uh, do you want me to take this one? You, want, you guys you are great and glad the okay. show is back. Uh, yeah, please go after it. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, that he he's some, since he he teaches it separately, right? Uh, that he really does treat his admiration for him as being uh, a, a genuine person, uh, maybe somewhat alt, uh, altruistic. Uh, uh, but then he's, I don't know, John. Well, and I'll tell you what, I, I kind of sent Mike a response on this back. I think there, there's actually a little bit of, uh, of, of envy there between yeah. Don and, and the doctor. And, and I think the envy comes from the fact that the, this person, this doctor, actually spends his, his life making people's lives better, you know, helping them get healthy, helping save lives. And Don actually spends his life making people's lives worse. You know, by, I, see, I don't agree with that. With advertising. I, mean, I don't agree with Don that Because Don is all. not making the product, right? Don no. is making the ad that is trying to tell you that you need the product. So you have an anxiety when you see one of his ads that you don't have this thing. You no. know, he's adding to your life's anxiety. I disagree with that completely. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's where kind of that, that uh, envy comes in, that, that he's not really, you know, he's, he's kind of doing the opposite of the doctor. Um, but I, I'm, you are allowed I'm, to disagree. I am disagreeing with that. I don't think I don't think that's true. But uh, I think but I think my, I think there's there's many examples of advertising um, being a joyful experience. Certainly, a lot of times it's not. But it, you know, there's there's many. I mean, there's whole shows about advertising. You know, like the best ads, right? How they're so funny, or they're so interesting, or they're so touching. I mean, during the Super Bowl, when uh, that Clydesdale ad, I mean, people went crazy for that. And it had nothing to do with making you feel bad because you didn't have a Budweiser in your hand, right? And I think Don does stuff like that. Like, I don't think the whole Mop and Glow ad had anything to do with making you feel bad because you didn't have Mop and Glow. It brought you back to a time when you were a child, and it reminded you of something you could identify with. Right, and but I, I think that that ties into it. You know, if I want if I want that feeling, I need to buy that product. No, that's not true at all. No, yeah, agree to disagree. We will agree to disagree. All right, uh, we got one from uh, Dina. Writes in, how about laying off the character's weight? Uh, sure, uh, Betty's a loathsome bitch, but that's not because of her weight. She was loathsome while slender too. Yeah, think, but uh, but the, you know uh, the reason we give her a hard time for her for her uh, for uh, her fatty fatness because I can't come up with a better way to say that. Wow, uh, is only because it's only because she's a terrible person and we feel like she deserves the ridicule. Um, if she was a perfectly wonderful person, we wouldn't even think to give her a hard time about something like that. But she is straight from she. I don't know what ring of hell and Dante's Inferno uh, uh, Betty is, but she's certainly at least two of them, and wow. maybe now three or four. Wow. So uh, <laughs> okay. Well, you may may have just cost us a listener there. That's uh, <laughs> that's not the first time that's not happened. the first time. Um, we got uh, uh, a note from our good friend Stacy, friend of the show. Uh, can you guys delve into Don's childhood some in your podcast? I'm confused. So the way I have it now, Archie and the prostitute are the biologicals. Uh, no. The the mother died at birth. Archie took it to his his wife Abigail, who raised the whore child. And when Archie died to the kick in the head, what happened? This is where I get confused. Uh, was Ab- Abigail preggers with Adam Adam in the flashback? Uh, we just saw it at the whorehouse. Who was the woman that greeted? 
them, and how does the woman that called Dick the whore child end up living in the whore house and doing and doing the rooster while pregnant? Any clarification would be helpful. I think we did address this in the, uh, in the podcast, yeah. but yeah, yeah, so it's it's Abigail's sister and probably didn't have any means. But uh, thank you for the email. Uh, we got one from our friend John in Arcata, California. I'm going to need some help with the, that Megan and Sylvia conversation, which I think again we got. Oh, to, we talked about. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I hope that help John. Um, I, I get that uh, she forgot to take her birth controls uh, and had the miscarriage, but lost beyond that. So. Uh, again, I, I think I gave you my thoughts. Paul gave you his. We'll let you decide who is, in fact, uh, right and and then Paul's. Oh, can we um, have a vote? Uh, yeah. Listeners, can can you write in with your vote? Uh, you can just write Paul or John. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Moving on. Uh, we got one from uh, Mike in Oklahoma. It says, howdy, Dr. Hey. John and Paul. Just wanted to, uh, to say how much I enjoyed the collaborators, which easily made up for the so-so season premiere. I think it was, which I, by the way, I have to say, I really enjoyed your comment on the preseason premiere as a canon of story that went off in your face. Right? Did uh, you feel that, was, that way? Yeah, I really did. I just okay, thought good. it was, you know, nothing but an explosion of, you know, here's where we're maybe going to go over the next several weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, safe, safe to say every fan enjoyed seeing the Trudy the Destroyer finally kicking Pete the Weasel <laughs> to the curb. Yeah. And if anything, it will be interesting to see how Don's latest affair unfolds, that is to say, explodes with perhaps someone getting pushed down a flight of stairs. Uh-oh. Our favorite ad man seems even more self-destructive than usual. When will he be? When will he go buy a motorcycle? Uh, keep I, up the great work at the recap. Thanks, Mike. I don't, yeah. I don't see Don on the back of a hog. I don't uh, see Don on the back of a hog, but the push it down the stairs thing, now that could be a real thing because um, we were re-watching, but before, the, uh, before the season opener, uh, Kate and I were re-watching some of the old episodes, and there was so much foreshadowing about lane killing himself it's ridiculous yeah um he he says guys remember when he finds the wallet and he calls that woman um you know who's who's pictured in the wallet right and he says he says you know they're having that conversation about where he's at and she's like well maybe i'll swing by and pick it up and he's like that's fine i'll be here the rest of my life (laughs) ha ha (laughs) <laughs> like there are so much there was so much little foreshadowing that whole season about how that, that was going to pay off it was pretty incredible yeah well so far i don't think I, i've picked up on anything to date for oh except for the pushing down the stairs here. what except the pushing down the stairs where'd that come from the pushing down the stairs well that's what the emailer just said no no no. but that the, the, but and don says i'm well i'll be sure and walk behind you Oh, I guess. Oh man, I, I, anything's possible at this point, John. Please let's not let's not poop on ideas. Oh, okay. And uh, we got one from uh, from Paul in San Francisco. Paul writes in uh, the podcast last week was a complete train wreck, and I laughed hysterically throughout it. Thank you. The, the high point for me was when Kate remarked on Don's spe- special backdoor access to Doctor Rosen's wife. That was my favorite too. <laughs> which left Paul speechless for the first time in the history of the podcast. Let me tell you this: I was not speechless. I just wanted to see Kate try to get out of it. And she was like, she realized what she said, and she just started running. And it was hilarious. <laughs> Trust me, I was not speechless, but I'm glad you noticed. But, uh, you know, not, not to retread over, uh, over previous ground, we, we, I want to thank uh, Karen, Kathy, Phil, Ellen, Jamal, and several others for uh, notes we had gotten for the, uh, the previous uh, show uh, that I was, of course, unable to make it to. Yeah. 
Nice. And nice one. With that, I think you can uh, tie up the, the mailbag. <sighs> okay. I'm tying it up. And I also wanted to uh, thank, you know, I had a great time with the, the Twitter. Mm-hmm. The, the tweets this time, we had a ton of people. Yeah, a lot uh, of that tweeting. were able to to, uh, to join in and, and just really enjoy that. Thought it was a lot of fun. And John, and where can they find us on the Twitter? Thank you. I was going to say, John, uh, what if people want to want to join in? How do they do that? Well, let me tell you, folks. Go to your Twitter machine. I don't know. It could be a computer. It could be your smartphone. It could be a bevy of different tablets. And fire up your Twitter app and look for Mad Men Recap. You'll find us there. You can just follow us. And then every single episode of this season, one of us or all three of us will be tweeting along. We also retweet all our listeners' tweets so you can see the whole conversation that's going on. And I'll tell you what, folks, that's a whole lot of fun. And then you say, Paul, I don't like the Twitters. It makes me it makes me feel weird, and it's just too much happening. And then, you know what? I don't get it with all the ats and the hashes and the whatnot and the hey, hey, and that's fine. I totally understand. That's why we're on Facebook. If you go to Facebook and you look up the fan page for Mad Men Recap, well, you'll find us there, too. There's tons of listener art. There's lots of conversation going on, and I never even check it. So you get to deal personally with Dr. John. And you say, you say to yourself... Paul, that sounds good, and I understand. And the social medias is the wave of the futures. I get it, but I'm a paranoid person, and I don't want anyone to know who I am. Well, I understand that. So you can email us. Staff at madmenrecap.com. That's right. Only John and I see that, so you don't have to worry about the FBI or the CIA coming after you and asking you why you're writing uh, questions about a television show. We will read it on the air and say your name, but that's a whole different story. And then you say, you say, Paul, I don't like, I don't like Facebook. I don't like Twitters and I don't like emailing. Is there anything else I can do? What is there for me? Well, folks, don't you worry one bit further because we have a website, madmenrecap.com. That's right. Every single effing show is posted there. You can leave comments that I might respond to. I love to make public <laughs> apologies on the website. That's seemingly all I use it for at this point. Well, for no, when I'm... I say terrible off-color things. And then, you know, I do feel bad. And so I, I, I make, I've, I know I've made up to five public apologies on our website. And, uh, and so you could go there and read them all. When after your, la- your most recent public apology, somebody <laughs> else wrote it. I thought it was really kind of interesting. He's, he says, uh, this is on the website. I was thinking about... Uh, the, the Sterling Cooper Draper Price Accounts guy, Bob, who was trying right. to weasel his way in by bringing in coffee and having food delivered, you know, taking all the notes, and says it's very similar to the, the, the fur salesman, Don Draper, and the way he weaseled in with Roger. Yeah. Uh, with the, Well, I don't know if that's exactly a one-to-one, because Bob's not getting Don drunk and just making up a, a, a job. He actually has the job. But I, yeah. I see what you're going with that. I, I see, you know, just trying to get in good graces. Uh, work the way to the top. Um, that's uh, I don't know. I don't know what I think. The, the guy's weirding me out a little bit. That Bob, but uh, I like I him. Wanna, I don't know what it is. He's got I, a kind face, John, and I'm a sucker do. for a kind face. Yeah, but I, one last thing that uh, you didn't mention and that we we love what? to see is that um, oh uh, the 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 I think the 18th way to get in touch with us <laughs> is the uh, is if you go on to the iTunes. The mm-hmm. comments uh, are something that we find just really uh, uh, pleasant and amusing for the most part. There are a couple of negatives, and that's fine. We want to learn and grow. No, we don't. The, 
the, po- the positive ones are nice too. Uh, it's been a while. I think the last one we got was back in December. But um, if you if you want to leave a a note, a comment, a rating on the iTunes at Mad Men Recap, we appreciate it. I would I would suggest it be five stars and be glowing. <laughs> Strive for five, my friend. <laughs> Strive for a glowing five. That's all we want. Uh, unless you have something real to say. If you're gonna get real on us, then I guess, I guess I understand. That's all I want, John. Um, I guess that's it. Great show. It was. Are fun. you gonna Glad watch? To, are you gonna watch the show next week? Glad to be back. Yeah, I'll be watching the show next week, John. I can't tell you. It is so good to have you back. It was so fun doing the show last week with Kate because we were, <laughs> we were just goofing off. Uh, but it's great. <laughs> it's great to have you back. Um, and I'm sorry Kate didn't join us this week. She was working late. So hopefully next week uh, she'll join in and we'll have we'll have all three of us on the show. That would just be fabulous. That'd be a real treat. Yeah, wouldn't it? I know the listeners love it. Kate what? adds a certain a certain shine to the show. A certain glisten and glimmer. Well, if that's the case, I got my fingers crossed. Me too, pal. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. When youth will pass away, what will they say about me? When the end comes, I know it's not just a jigglos. Life goes on without me. I'm just a jiggle. Bop,